to Warp Zone, a podcast on sci-fi, philosophy, religion, politics, gaming, and anything else to do. Hey, Molly, Molly, there's someone else in the room. Uh, we are sitting in a small room in Fisher Library. I am Ben Manassic. I'm Tara Smith. I'm We're... Jerry Smith. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. We're not related. Just yeah. In case. <laughs> yeah, don't just assume because all Smiths, you know, there's a lot of us that we're all related. There was this weird time where I'd go home um, and would tell Jody about, like, the, the university and then would say you guys and then Adam as well and you're all Smiths. <laughs> Um, and she thought I possibly was just making you all laugh. <laughs> <laughs> One, I'm hanging around with people, and two, you're all Smiths. Yeah, the bad thing is is that when you say suddenly you're not related, it's like you're kind of making it more into a thing. So, because yeah. I work with Jerry Smith, who is actually related to Jerry Smith. Yeah. So we work in ophthalmology. Is that a Geraldine Smith, or is that a Jerry as in J E double R Y? Jerry as in Geraldine. Our oh, Jerry. Is that Jerry. That you work with? I work with Cousin. Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy she, Smith. Tara Jeremy Smith. works yeah. for <laughs> my dad's cousin. Right. Yeah. So anyway, the point being that he is a Smith as well. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is people go, they assume you're related, but so now I kind of sometimes go, oh, well, we're not related, and then it sounds like I'm making a big thing of saying that, like, you would be embarrassed to relate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm oh, not related. Oh, we're not related. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like kind of makes it worse. So anyway, hmm. the Smiths are here. Yeah. Yes. Um, we are recording this special uh, podcast episode. Uh, we're not sure when this is going to be released, so it is the something of something. Yeah, it could be coming for you from any time, any place, yeah. anywhere. It's just in the infinite universe. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, with our, our Bant section, TM, yeah. um, what is your earliest childhood memory? Mm, mine is when I was in kindergarten. I was um, playing a game where everybody was in a circle and somehow I got out and the place where we had to be the out section was the naughty corner. It happened to be the same section and I don't like getting into trouble. So I thought I was being put in the naughty section and I cried <laughs> for my earliest memories. <laughs> that gives you a taste of kind of my like my goody two shoeness. So yeah, wow. that's one of my wow. earliest memories. Wow. Yeah, I've cried from being put in a naughty spot because I wasn't like such a gold child same, same. yeah um so mm. my earliest childhood memory is a bit of a weird story that I and I don't know if it's actually a memory so <laughs> <laughs> all right so I, I I have this memory of a of a Chinese woman staying at my house with my family okay and I think she must have um been a work colleague of my dad's and and I have these memories of like her sleeping in the lounge room and of her taking a picture of us before she left. <laughs> and I like brought this up to my parents and they have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's <laughs> so weird. They're like, no, we've never had oh, a Chinese woman staying at house. And I was like, any colleagues staying? No. That's so, so weird. Yeah. It's not actually a real memory. Why I not? think it's a real memory. Maybe she's like, maybe it's she old. came in and kidnapped, I was going to kidnap you. Maybe it was like a false kidnapping. Mm. Mm. Oh, I've got another memory after your memory and your memory. I've um, got another but one. the other weird thing is that I found a photograph, not of her, but taken by her. And I knew that that photograph was that memory. Wow. Oh, right. Because I, I just remember standing there, her taking the picture. Mm. 
Maybe your family's from the Bizarro universe. Oh, yeah. You should yeah, ask Mandela them. Effect, yeah, Mandela effect. Yeah. yeah. Ask them where, what happened oh, to Nelson Mandela. Or you know how this was... Or Berenstein or Berenstein. Not that we can put this in a time, but a long time ago, well, some time ago, we did a podcast on... Um, Tom said it's like the Bernstein effect. Oh, about Orson H.G. Wells. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking that. Yeah, that we, we all think of War of the Worlds, that radio recording. We all have different oh, memories, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you thought that could be like yeah. a cool parallel yeah. Yeah. universe thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, Actual Actual panic. Um, memory? Probably of my grandfather um, taking me to the markets. I'd always, he'd buy me a balloon and I'd always let the balloon go. <laughs> I would always cry about the balloon <laughs> going. It's funny, so we yeah. both have crying. So, I just remember the balloon. I don't remember being upset. You literal. Yeah. So bad um, environment. I want my dolphin choking straws, actually. <laughs> On straws. Yeah. Paper straws are shit. Yeah, They're they terrible. are pretty shit. And you know some people that the metal ones have inhaled them? Yeah. They've, yeah. Just, <laughs> they've kind of like impaled <laughs> yeah. themselves with it. They've sucked too hard. But you can get... So Boost Juice um, have like a thicker cardboard straw. Oh, yeah. They're good. Yeah. They're not the pieces of garbage that you have, like just paper. The paper ones are pretty bad. You, you get about like... Five or ten good sips, and then it starts to disintegrate. Yeah, yeah. that's not sustainable. Yeah, that's not. That's, I have my iced coffee there throughout yeah. the entire lecture. That's two hours. Yeah, another memory that's... I have. This one's quite funny. Um, but you know how sometimes you don't know if it's just your mum retelling you the story that that's how you remember it. Yeah. But anyway, when I was really little, I was at a doof. So my mum would go to a lot of doofs, and I would just hang out with people near the speakers and stuff. That's, mm. That was my early hippie childhood. She said one day she couldn't find me anywhere, and she panicked, and she was running around, running around looking for me. And she went out to a car park and there was this tall woman carrying me away towards the car park. And she was like, Hey, like what are you like what are you doing? That's like my child, what are you doing? And she's like, Oh, I was just trying to find you and but like she'd walk like ten minutes towards oh. the car park. And she was like, Oh, thanks for that and like grabbed me and like walked away, but she thinks that they were trying to kidnap me. So oh. I don't know if I remember that though. Or whether I just remember the story. It's really weird if that was your actual mother. <laughs> so that your new mother. Your current oh, mother is, is actually swapped. the yeah do, 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 the do, one do, that did the taking. Yeah, like oh, this happens just in case you actually remember oh, it. That would be interesting. Yeah. Mm. But you kind of look similar to your yeah, mom. we do. do. Yeah. yeah, so that theories. <laughs> 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 just throwing out conjecture yeah. about your parents. Yeah, yeah. So we we used to have, this is our first potential first podcast of having somebody else that's not you and me. Yeah, yeah. Because we had the Walter Day thing, but that was more of a like a, a, a pre-recorded. Yeah. Interview thing. So we're going to feature a few of our friends who yeah. are academics. If this is successful. If it's successful. If, if it this is not successful. You'll, you'll so know. better perform yeah. well today. That's it yeah. for everyone Well, else. this episode will just won't go out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so no pressure. You should, feel, you should feel very privileged that you're the first I, I do feel privileged. No. I feel like I'm within a famous place right now. Yeah. yeah. This is going to yeah. go down yeah. the street. So our, t- our 20 listeners are going to be very excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, any, if, you know, if there's any listeners that live in Tasmania, oh, shout okay. out to my Tasmanian brothers and sisters. Yeah. Which you're related <laughs> to, right? <laughs> all right. Mm. Um, all right. Well, I think we'll play a little bit of a song from the Jesus Christians, mm-hmm. uh, and then we can talk about your honours thesis, your PhD topic, where you are now. And but not not literally where you are now. Right. You don't okay. want to know like spatially where you are. Well, we do. Well, we do, oh, but but mean. it can't be like contextual. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I talk about why I'm like worrying them emotionally? Yeah. Philologically and philosophically. Yeah. All right. Uh, so enjoy this recording of the Jesus Christians playing 
Love is my philosophy. Is that the name? When of love it? becomes your philosophy. When love becomes your philosophy. All right, enjoy. Deep down in every one of us, we hope for a world where justice, truth, and kindness prevail. Well, we can work towards it right now if we let love be our motivation for everything that we do. Recording where? In Kenya. Mm. They had a, a, a compound there for a while, and they um, they produced a film called More Than Just a Band. Okay. And they ended up using that as distributing material. <laughs> um, it's a great film. It's, it's... And they, yeah, they produced a lot of music. Mm. Yeah. They're an interesting group. Uh, just as an introduction about you, Geraldine Smith. Sure. Jerry Smith. Do you go by, do, when you actually like have articles out there, is it Jerry Smith or Geraldine Smith? Geraldine, mm. the formal name. The formal name, <laughs> yes. Only my friends can call mm. me Jerry. Sister uh, of Bernadette and... Francis and Angela. <laughs> <laughs> Such yeah. a Catholic upbringing. Yeah, yes. pretty much. Mm. Um, so, who am I? Uh, well, currently I'm doing a PhD at the University of Tasmania on the interfaith movement, which... If you don't know what that is, it's basically a peace movement where um, people from different religions will form organisations or they'll um, support initiatives that's about interreligious dialogue and social action. And they do lots of different things, like they might um, lobby the government together on environmental issues hmm. or um, just be generally about promoting social cohesion and pluralism like so it's a lot of stuff but it's mostly these organizations so interface in that regard is not defined as what vatican II tries to do in setting up interfaith dialogue with christian churches but it's more outside of the christian corpus yeah yeah it's not yeah. just christianity yeah because there's a, a lot of moves i think for like mica um australia and then vatican II moves and then orthodoxy mm. um have these these mm. joint um 
uh, ventures with different bishops or heads of different churches coming together and praying for different things. But this is explicitly lots of different faiths, yeah? Yeah, pretty much. Mm. But you have noticed that sometimes a little bit of, like, stigma, right? Like, not always everybody gets invited to the table. Have you noticed a little bit of that? Um, no, I think they're pretty good. Like, they don't just focus on Christians. I think interfaith now, it's not just Christianity. It's really big um, with a lot of religions, like mm -hmm. Hinduism, Baha'ism, um, yep. spiritualities, mm -hmm. um, Islam. Like, it's a lot of... It's a lot more diverse. Um, I think what they avoid talking about or avoid is difficult issues. So they don't like talking about um, things related to LGBT issues or right. sexual ethics because that's, like, that's where there's really, like, really severe division. So they're, ki they're trying to figure out how to do that, but I think that's, that's hard. It's really exclusive. So it's kind I don't want to put it this way, but the lowest common denominator aspects of it. So there is this this interlac uh, interaction on areas where you can disagree with, but they're not tackling the issues of difference. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. I think maybe in some circles they end up being able to do that, hmm. but in the mainstream they are critiqued all of the time for not dealing with actual difference. Because there's, there's a whole precedent with the movement where um, it began on this idea that all the religions are just these fragments of light mm. that have broken apart and that um, soon they will all come together back into Christianity. So it started from this really Christian perspective and that's kind of travelled through the movement where they, there's this narrative about commonality. You know, every religion has this, the golden rule yeah. or every religion um, has a common experience or the same, like, is the same when you get down to it. Mm, like, we're united more by, by what we share than what we, how we're different kind yeah. of attitude. And I think that narrative is good and that it's a useful narrative, but it doesn't deal with difference. It doesn't give us a way of dealing with, yeah, but what do we do in a, a religiously plural society where um, we actually have to decide what we're going to do mm -hmm. about... Uh, so recently there's the Ruddick Review... Yep. That was about um, uh, just if if it's okay for religious schools to discriminate particular people on this um, sexuality, yeah, and that's something that has we need to talk about it, and that's going to cause division. Mm. We can't just talk about oh yeah, but we're all the same. Like mm. yeah, yeah, of course, it's limited. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, that that's an interesting review, and that there's obviously some politics behind it, um, but some of the schools which I personally know as to why they signed that letter to Ruddock, um, they're not welcoming of any difference at all. And mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting that they're not generally schools from a Catholic background, um, mm -hmm. nor are they Islamic schools. You know, it, it is um, Anglican schools that are actually pushing for this, um, which is a, a really interesting move, I think, coming from the like, um, Protestant movement which is all about freedom of expression generally and moving away from church hierarchy is now becoming more dogmatized mm. um it's mm. a it's a very interesting move yeah. Mm. yeah so what else about you jerry so you're doing a phd um and uh so i'm very interested in religion as mm. you might have guessed <laughs> uh so i know turn then because um we did we met each other within the religious studies department at the university of sydney um uh, Previously, I did my honours thesis on a group called the Jesus Christians, um, and that 
really, I guess, inspired me to... Oh, well, I was already interested in religion, but I was kind of more interested yeah. when I got to do this project. And I ended up spending a lot of time with the Jesus Christians and um, uh, doing field work with them and I, like developed quite a good relationship with them. Um, and that was really interesting because everyone or a lot of people really um, uncomfortable with my relationship with them or they were just a bit worried like oh are you sure you should be hanging out with them you know they are a cult after all and there's this whole um, issue where they've been identified as a cult and, uh, and have been accused of kidnapping people and which have all been proven false and they've done a lot of stuff that have just created heaps of media controversy mm. and so going into that there was a lot of unease mm. In my family and friends, friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, do you want to do an intro of who the Jesus Christians are for people that don't know who they are? So uh, the Jesus Christians are a radical Christian group. Um, there probably less than a hundred of them exist in the world. Um, they're spread around Australia, the UK, the US, um, South America, Europe, and they're quite distinct in their view of the Bible. So the way that they would describe it is that unlike other churches, <laughs> we are actually following the teachings of Jesus. So that's what they would say. Um, and what that produces is a particular lifestyle. So uh, if you join the community, you have to forsake all. So that means giving up all of your money, all of your possessions, um, your career, the job that you're at, pretty much everything and you go and you live in the community like 24 seven um, and they don't believe in working for money because that's working for mammon, for the, for the devil or you know that for greed. Mm. Um, and so they believe that you should be working for God. And so they forsake all of their, this, you know, their worldly stuff. Um, and then they live by faith. So they rely on donations from the public. So they go out distributing, pamphlets that they've produced or DVDs and they ask for a small donation and that's how they generally you know are able to buy really basic things. How do they get the DVDs produced? Uh, just I don't know they, <laughs> so got... they ask someone to do it like they don't do it themselves hmm. so they still have to use money yeah they can't they, haven't, they can't really escape it completely um, but they try and live as simply as they can. Because they have a bus, yeah? Yeah. So they a lot of them live in motorhomes and camper caravans. And obviously you have to buy petrol. You can't yeah. get it in any other way. And you have to be registered. You have to have yeah, a license. Yeah, exactly. So, that yeah, there's all these things. Like So people are like, yeah, but they don't work just for God. You know, they're earning money from distributing hmm. and they have to use money. And it's like, yeah, I know. But so it's more like they do the best they can. And they, yeah. they're working towards doing as much as they can. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and they believe that eventually um, they won't be able to use money at all because of the move to the cashless society. And that, for them, the cashless society is basically the heralding of the end. So they think that um, eventually we're all going to get microchips in our hands mm -hmm. and that's going to be used for buying and selling and um, for various other things. And, and that's the mark of the beast. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the mark of the beast. So if you get the mark of the beast, like... Oh, I'm sorry, like, you've chosen the devil. Like, you right. can't go to heaven, basically. Mm -hmm. um, 
Why is that though? That seems like a weird. It seems like a weird place to put like your kind of the devil in. Like when you do the end time, another sort of signal. Like what's so important about the um, the microchip or the payless society, what's cashless society? Oh, it's uh, there's a lot of stuff in Book of Revelations yeah, that they point to, but um, the mark of the beast, beast will be known or be related to buying and selling. Uh, okay. Um, and this is a misreading of Emperor Nero. So Revelations being about an Emperor Nero. Um, and then, then there's, you know, numbers which are actually applied to Book of Revelation, and then they look at barcodes, mm -hmm. and barcodes have two lines at the beginning and in the centre, and those two really thin singular lines match very closely what the number six is in a barcode, and they'll go, oh, okay, that means it's 666, actually they're divisionary lines. Mm -hmm. um, so this is an old, you know, very old Christian theory yeah. that, you know, barcodes are actually the mark of the beast. Right, okay. They've taken like as much as i know like they've mm. taken an element of that mm. and then applied it to actually the microchip and yeah. that's now the barcode so i quite like the innovations that the um jesus christians do like i don't personally like them as in yes i'm gonna um take these on and as part of my life but i can see the theological sources for a lot of their theories and then the flipping of the narratives which I find really interesting from the you know the years that we've spoken about um, their 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 views and beliefs. Mm. Mm. Yeah, a very interesting group. Um, and like I said, they so one thing that they've done that's really drawn a lot of cult cult attention um, is that they donated their kidneys. So not everyone did, but a lot of members have donated. A kidney to a stranger completely altruistically without any exchange of money or anything um, and <laughs> donated actually medically not just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. taking yeah. the kidney out of it here you go yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. for you <laughs> and to the hospital <laughs> and they've had a surgeon and yeah. yes so it's been done properly but they've yeah. lied to get it done yeah uh, yes in Australia they had to lie to mm. say, um, they had to say that they knew the person that they were donating to yeah. Um, but that law has changed in New South Wales because of the Jesus Christians. Mm. So now you don't have to know anyone. Yeah, you can do unrelated kidney donations. Oh. Um, in Victoria, I think they the Jesus Christians got banned from donating kidneys. So, you know, you win some, you win some, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. And so John Ronson did a documentary about them. It's called mm. Kidneys for Jesus, if you want to check it out. Um, was that was that quite a while ago? Yeah, yeah, I think I've seen that. That's the one with um, the basketball and they show them flat flatlining. Or is that a different? No, that's that was a Fox News report. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's a lot of media. Yeah. Um. That was loud. Sorry, I'm drinking. Recarbonated. Yeah, still carbonated. <laughs> Couldn't just drink still. <laughs> <laughs> Not like my boss. <laughs> Do you want to tell Jerry your story about how you got interested in the Jesus Christians in the first place? Because that's quite an interesting story. Um, so I went out one day because I wanted to buy some reading glasses because it was coming up to my honours year and I thought that people that wear glasses look smarter. <laughs> so Did you need glasses? I thought I did, but I didn't actually really need them. No, because I know a good optimization. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went out and I met this someone, one of the Jesus Christians on the street distributing. And so I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, and I started asking him all these questions. And um, he gave me a book. And I went and got my glasses, which I didn't need, <laughs> and came out. 
and he was there again. I was like, oh, can I just ask you a few more questions? And he's like, oh, yeah, give me your email and I'll email you later. So I was emailing them for a while just out of interest. And then um, I was telling Christopher Hartney, who's the Dr. Mm -hmm. Christopher Hartney at UCID here, um, about like this meeting this person. And he said, oh, yeah, I know the... Um, I know the leaders of the JCs, Dave and Sherry McKay. I can set up a meeting and we could ask if we could do this for your honours project. So I was like, oh, okay, great. Pretty cool coincidence. Um, so I met them here at UCID and we explained, you know, what the project would be and, um, and all of that. And then, um, yeah, they allowed me to, you know, interact with them and they invited me out to lunch on their buses and, um, I kind of, I slowly got to know each member and um, eventually I got to a point where they let me go on a faith outreach and this is um, something that they do every few years where they leave everything at home, in everything in their motorhomes, <laughs> and, they, and they go out onto the street on foot and they take very little, they don't take any money and they spend um, a period of a few days or weeks um, just relying on the provisions given by God. So they'll go out and um, they'll feed, they'll eat by maybe finding food somewhere or someone might give it to them. Like bin diving there. Yeah, or yeah. sometimes they um, say that they're not allowed to bin dive. Oh. To kind of, like you can have like a, an easy outreach, or an easier outreach, or you can have a really hard one. So there's right. like levels of difficulty that you yeah, can okay. um, do. Um, we weren't allowed. We decided that we wouldn't bin raid. Mm. Um, but we had distributing material. So usually they won't take things to distribute, but we took... So we had something to trade and go up to people and be like, you know, we're not asking for donations of money, but if you would like to donate food, then that would be good. Mm. Um, so we got a lot of great food from that. <laughs> people would... It was amazing. People would um, meet us and then they would go into the supermarket that we, we were standing beside strategically and they would come out and they'd give us like bread and like a, oh, we once got like a whole barbecue chicken and they're really generous like people do you feel awkward asking though like scabbing essentially scabbing um no really i didn't really do much of the asking <laughs> yeah it was mostly the other people that did it um i was just there to observe mm -hmm. and or participate um and we the first night we slept in a park um What's the park called near Centennial Park, near Bondi? So we found these yoga mats, or these yoga pillows, and like a bunch of cardboard boxes. And I remember walking along this street, and it was probably eight o'clock at night, and one of them said something like, oh, you know, you know, we should just like make it really like, don't, don't be obvious that we're going to sleep in the park tonight. And we were literally all carrying like four <laughs> yoga pillows and like massive cardboard boxes and I had like a blanket hoisted over my shoulder that was dragging behind me. This <laughs> is like, yeah, okay, no one will die. <laughs> just, just keep your head down, like be innocuous. And that was a very uncomfortable night sleeping in cardboard. I didn't sleep. That was in the, <laughs> in the open. Yeah, yeah, we're under a tree in a dark area. Mm. Um, and the second and third night, we ended up going to Bondi and distributing there. And How did you get to Bondi? We walked. Okay. Um, so they walk everywhere during this? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Unless, you know, unless someone, you know, is a lift or, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who knows. 
Actually, that's an interesting part. I'll get to that. So, so we go to Bondi and we meet this guy. And we, what they also do is they do free work. So you can go up to people and be like, oh, you know, for a day we're going to do free work. Is there anything you'd like done? So we ended up cleaning this woman's kitchen. And then we met this guy who was like, oh, yeah, come, you can paint my living room. We're like, okay, we'll paint your living room. And so we go, and he ends up letting us stay there for two nights. So I was, thank God, and God provided. <laughs> um, and that was fun. And on the final night, oh, so he, the guy that let us stay at his house, he was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be going to Circular Quay in the morning. So um, I can pay for you to go on the ferry with me. And so we got there, and this guy bought us tickets. But then um, the JCs started freaking out because the tickets have microchips in them. And they don't like using microchips yeah. because they think it's going to condition us to be to take the mark of the beast when it comes out. So they don't like using Opal cards. They don't like anything microchipped. So they were, so we ended up catching this ferry and they used the microchip. And it was just like, they were so upset about it. <laughs> and they could, because they felt like they couldn't, not take the tickets once this guy had bought them. So they just, you know, that really, like, put a shadow on the whole day <laughs> doing that. And I was like, I've got an Opal card in my bag. Like, <laughs> uh, so it was really interesting things like that. Um, so on the final night, we um, we slept in Sydney Park, I think. It's in Petersham. And there's some really lovely toilets there. <laughs> so this toilet is, like, it's not just, like, a gross um stalls kind of drug place it's um quite spacious it was very clean so it recently built and it wasn't one of those silver soft cleaning ones was it no no no. because they're pretty pretty horrible (laughs) all the clean products (laughs) (laughs) you're in there for 15 minutes starts um so we got our cardboard again, and oh, we found some Hessian sacks this time, so that we could have blankets. That was great. So you're not allowed to bring anything with you? No sleeping bags, nothing? No. I mean, like, sometimes they can if they're going to have a set the difficulty level with not as hard. <laughs> Where do you find Hessian sacks? It was in a box um, on a street. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So there's Hessian sacks in a box? Yeah, near, um, near this warehouse of... Was it coffee roasting bags? It might be from coffee roasting. Maybe. I think it was near like an art centre mm. there or something. So maybe someone needed those Hessian sacks for Hessian something. Hessian sacks, the, the existence of them just puzzle me. It's, Who knows? Yeah. God provided. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of coincidences happened, mm. just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have these sacks and this cardboard and we everyone lays out for the night and by this stage... I am so sleep deprived. Like I pretty much slept about three hours in this whole trip, and I'm just and I'm like full of adrenaline because that's what happens when you don't sleep. Mm. And so I'm sitting up and I'm like sending these weird messages to my supervisor in the middle of the night, being like, "Chris, I don't want to go back. I really love it here. Like I wish I could stay with the Jesus Cruise. Like you know, I love these guys. They're so amazing. Why do we like you know live our lives you know serving money and like just sitting there like." And writing field notes, of course. Mm. And then at 4am, like in the dead night, someone opens the door. And, like, we had locked the door. But I think in all checking that the door was locked, we'd actually unlocked it. So this guy opens it. 
And I look it up with him, and he looks at me, and I've never seen <laughs> a more terrified expression on another human's face. And, like, for a moment, like, I saw his world, like, I saw from his view, and it's terrifying if you open a bathroom and there's four people <laughs> laid out sleeping on cardboard boxes and hessian sacks. Like, what are you going to think? Especially in Petersham, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not like exactly. it's, like, a heaps of homeless people in Petersham. No, it's just a dead, like, empty park. And he, it's like his mouth actually was a gas, like, <laughs> open. And he, like, stepped back slowly. And, <laughs> and it's like... It's like his hand lost feeling. And it, it, rather than letting go of the door, it's kind of like his hand just went limp. And he, like, stepped back and the door just closed. And while the door was closing, we just had locked eye contact. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, he's going to call the police. Like, what's going to happen? And then one of the JCs woke up. And I was like... There was a guy. There was a guy. There's a guy. There's a guy. And I was freaking out. And then we hear this guy's voice, and he's like, "I just want to make sure you're okay." <laughs> and I'm like, "Whoa!" Like, it's like, "Yeah, we're fine. Thank you." <laughs> and it was just insane. I've uh, never been more shocked in my life. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was the faith outreach. <laughs> that was. And so um, I've had a lot of. I mean, I've lost count the amount of times I've spent. With them, you went to farms with them, and yeah, there was I've, kids, and then yeah, there was I've stayed kids with them. not with them, and yeah. So you know the goings and comings of the community. Yeah, and it keeps changing. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's a small group. Yeah, so. it's always changing. Uh, recently, they had a rolling reunion, so they had people from different bases come and visit Australia. Okay. And so I met a lot of the people from overseas, um, and that was really wonderful. Like, they just mm. yeah, I, I love the JCs. Like. Um, People that defend cults or new religious movements, as we prefer, they get called, like, a cult apologist. Mm. Um, and so, like, you can accuse me of that, but I, pretty much that is what I am. <laughs> like, I want to defend them because I think that they aren't dangerous. Like, they aren't doing anything wrong. Mm. People join because they want to join. Um, and they're just good people. I think... So, the, I, I think... There is danger with some cults, absolutely. Mm. But I, what I think is refreshing from your approach, and it's very similar to, I guess, Ronson's approach, um, Louis Thoreau's type of approach of going to a community and giving them the um, the stage, allowing them their voices actually to be heard as part of this, mm. rather than going in going, no, this is what this group represents, mm. and actually allowing them that space to interact um, and, and portray their view in the standards that you expect in an academic institution. And then critiquing that, I think, is, is valuable and useful because um, it's doing work which um, you know, early anthropologists tried to do in that regard. Um, it's, it's do you good. think that there's a challenge of walking that line? And I know because we've been talking to you through the whole kind of journey and there were times when it felt like you were pretty keen on just dropping everything and joining. Do you find it hard to walk that line between kind of immersing yourself and being part of the group but also remaining as an academic and, and also still being critical? Do you find that hard? Yeah, it was extremely hard. Yeah. Um, it was also, like, I mean, nothing ever happened in the community that I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is so bad, like, they've just broken the law or they've done yeah. this terrible thing. So yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know what I'd do if I was in that situation. So I was never in a compromised state. Um, but yeah, it's also, it's, it kind of, it caused like really severe 
um, self divisions. So I kind of felt like I was living these two lives that were totally um, un uh, like they couldn't unrelated. Yeah, unrelated. They didn't. They were different world of logic in each of them. Both of them rejected the other world, and I was like living in between. And so I've got people being like, "Oh yeah, but." you know, you should critique them, like, and I'm like, yeah, you're right, like, you know, this is really problematic what they did, and, mm-hmm. or, like, this aspect of their community life, and then I'd go back into the community, and the community would be saying things like, yeah, you know, people that work for money, they're just working for greed, and they're, they're selfish, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're right, Garrett Gray's terrible, isn't it? And, just, and it's actually like, I am two different people, um, but now I don't, I don't feel like that anymore, because I I don't know. I'm not studying them, but... Right, yeah. So you, do you feel like you can experience it differently now that you're not trying to also write a kind of um, academic um, objective as far as objective can be kind of paper? Yeah. Now I just... When I see them, it's just as a friend, like... Mm. And I still... I'm still writing some stuff about them, but the actual research part is finished. Yeah. It's just yeah. putting it into new formats. McKay is an interesting guy. Um, and being on that um, joint email correspondence with the three of us a year ago. A year ago? Two years ago? When was it? It's ages ago. Do you remember? Oh. I emailed him. Oh. Well, you emailed. So he had some questions. Yeah. And he wanted to pass something on to me yeah. through you. Right. Of some discussion. Right. And then we started debating something theologically. But there was, there was almost a warmth to how he was accepting of you not being a believer or... Mm. You just, yeah, not being saved. But it wasn't a, there wasn't a nastiness to it. Mm. It was almost this, well, yeah, you're not going to be saved. Mm. That's just the way it is. Well, not necessarily because the JCs have a thing called sincerity. Mm. And this is like a kind of inclusivist perspective where um, they think that you can still be saved or you can still serve God if you're a different religion because um, the teachings of Jesus are manifest in other religions Mm -hmm. and so if you're walking in the light that you have as they call it um, which is doing what you think is the rightest thing or the best thing then that's that's enough like you're sincere Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think maybe that kind of allows my existence Mm -hmm. as well maybe you're sincere there has been a little bit of tension, though, with that, right? I thought there was a time when there was a bit of tension about your role as kind of studier but not joining. I thought there was a time. Yeah, I think bit... that's always um, would be a tension with any researcher going in. Yeah. It's because you're, you're so interested and you know everything, but you're not joining. And it's like <laughs> basically saying, I know everything about you, but nah. Like, <laughs> but it's like, it's just, I think, and that's a really mm. difficult thing to negotiate. And I think now... Um, we've got to a point where they absolute respect, absolutely. Well, I mean, they always respected me and my position, but I think now they respect me more, or they just they um, just accepted it. Man. Yeah, they've just accepted it that you know you're who you are and where who we are. Because it was like, oh, you're gonna hang out with us all the time, and like, yeah, 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 and oh, and, and you agree with what, what we're saying. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, do you want to join? It's like, no. Nah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. That's funny. Do you find some similarities with how there is a movement of, uh, well, how there is a view in that movement of sincerity um, to the interfaith dialogues and um, tables that you've been sitting at with with those sort of conversations? Mm. Yeah, there's a similar thing. I think each religion has their own philosophy or theology that 
that's used to approach other religions. Um, and I think that's just one version that they have. But the thing with sincerity is that it's an inclusivist approach. So, um, so there's three main types. There's exclusivism, inclusivism, and pluralism. Exclusivism is like we hold the only truth, what we think is correct. Everyone else is wrong. Inclusivism is um, what we believe is correct, but we think that our beliefs um, is manifested in other religions. Mm. So we've got the perfect version, but other religions have a version. And then pluralism is like, you know, my religion does not hold the total truth. Truth can be found in many religions mm. and no one holds the definitive truth. So I think the JCs are inclusivists and more interfaith is more of a language of pluralism. Right. So aside from Hinduism, is there any other pluralist religions? Baha'is. Oh, yeah, Baha'is. Yeah. yeah. They've got a very yeah. pluralist approach. Yeah. Um, just general uh, spiritualities, which do mm. interact in interfaith spaces. And that's more NRM space. Yeah, like that's that. more um, yeah. what... You know, you can decide for yourself what yeah. you believe, and mm. pretty welcoming to yeah, everybody. individualized. Like it's my truth, it's not necessarily your truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like even a lot of those, like quote unquote, inclusivist religions, they're still when you get down to it, there is still an element of a lot of them that go, well, no, you have to be this, or you're not going to be saved. Mm. Um, mm. Do you find them being quite critical of other religions, the Jesus Christians? Um, or other versions of Christianity, like, oh, they haven't yeah, lost their way. Yeah, they're more critical of other Christianities. They're not, they don't talk, like, they don't really go there with other religions. Um, but they, <laughs> they talk about Christianity as churchianity. <laughs> I love their, like, the words that they use, with great words. Um, and that's, like... That's institutional Christianity, and that has lost its way. Mm. And that serves the institution, it doesn't serve God. And I think that's an idea that's in a lot of mm. Christian um, churches. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because so they don't have a place of worship. Yeah. They're just open in the world. And yeah. they think that that's what they're called to do, yeah? Yeah, they don't go to church, they don't have rituals. They, um, they Their idea of going to church or like, is their lives 24 seven. So they're always on. <laughs> it's not. So they'll say things like, um, you know, we, we aren't just Christians for an hour a week on Sunday. We're all the time. Our whole lives right. are devoted to God. Mm -hmm. So what do they do with communion then? Um, like in the, the Bible, it says, they just have do meals. this in memory of me. Like, is, is that, but is that, is that prayers said over the, the meal? Like, Jesus said we should do this? Um, no, but sometimes we'll sing God is Great, God is Good, the Rock Around the Clock <laughs> prayer song. <Okay. laughs> and that's, that they like to pray before meals. Yeah. They don't do any communion, they don't do anything. Mm. They don't have specific prayers that they say. Like, they might have a few, a repertoire of, like, mealtime prayers, mm -hmm. but you don't have to say it. You can have a moment of silence if you want. Hmm. What's their preferred Bible? Do they have, like, their own version? Um, I think they like King James Bible. Mm. Yeah. They also, they produce, like, a lot of literature. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, like, some of the stuff they produce? Because they're, they're pretty prolific, aren't they? Um, yep, so one of the... They've got a series um, that Dave McKay wrote as a critique of the Left Behind series 
by Tim LaFay and uh, Jerry, uh, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Jenkins, I don't know if those are their names, Left Behind series, you know, that whole franchise of about people being, um, the rapture occurring and only certain people left oh, on the earth. It. Or it's like an apo- it's like a millennialist apocalyptic story that's mm-hmm. like popularized into like a fictional book. Right. Is it sci-fi? Could be. Was it made into a show? I think so. I think I might have seen this the TV show. It was quite interesting. If it's the same one, I've seen something similar premise. Yeah. So the whole franchise of that, and so Dave wanted to write a critique of that. So he wrote his own kind of fictional story that's based on the book of revelations of how he kind of conceived it would play out Mm. so there's all these characters that um escape you know nuclear destruction and they and they all find one another and they form the 12 tribes so it's all aligned with um scripture like book of revelations um so that's like a really popular one and then they've got so many books they've got a book on um, explaining the book of Revelations and what it all means. They've got books on... um, They've got these, like, compiled books of articles that have been written over the years, Mm -hmm. and they give that... They don't really give those out to distribute. That's for within the community, so you can learn about um, leadership and, like, what they think about leadership and what you should do. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) this is a funny story... If they listen to this, I think it's a little bit... They don't like people bringing it up. (laughs) But it's just a really amazing story. So probably, I think it maybe was in the 80s or 90s, they went to the Royal Easter show here in (laughs) Sydney and they um, dressed up as babies and they went out to distribute um, something called the Baby Book. And the whole premise is that um, we are all children of God or we should we should be children towards God. So we should humble ourselves to um, listen to God and listen to this higher power. And so that's the whole message of the baby book. But the problem is that at this time, um, the children of God was a really big controversy. (laughs) And so people thought that they were the children of God. And it was this whole mix-up. And they got arrested. (laughs) And they got taken to court. But the judge laughed, laughed it out of court. It was like, that's ridiculous. Like, they're just handing out pamphlets at an Easter show. They weren't even inside. So they go back the next year and they do it again. <laughs> this time, um, they didn't get laughed out of court. I think they must have gotten fined. Also got arrested the second time. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's just... So they've, they've done a lot of stunts like that over the years. So they haven't always just been li- doing literature, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you think it's about them that is so, like, taboo? And what do you think people kind of get their knickers in and on and call them a cult? Like, where do you think that comes from? So I think what freaks people out is the aspect of um, leaving behind our, your life and joining them. Yeah. And so that can be a really dr- drastic transition. Maybe you've got property and you end up selling your property or you quit a high-powered job. Um, a lot of people that join are young people, so there's this element of, oh, they're young, they don't know what they're doing, they're going to ruin their future if they don't finish their university degree, um, you know, I have to rescue them, they've been brainwashed, that my son slash daughter is, um, too naive, they're too, they're vulnerable. They're innocent. Yeah, and they think that the JCs are these master manipulators that have brainwashed the mm. people, but really what's happening is... 
um, this person has read the literature or they've seen a video because they do a lot of YouTube videos as well. There's so many. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for that song this morning and <laughs> went to their page and there's like pages and pages yeah. just from the last month yep. or two months. It's yep. crazy. Yeah. Especially if there's just like a hundred people around yeah. the world doing all this yeah. video. Yeah. And the graphic design is done. It's actually high class, you know, yeah. graphic design. You A lot of new religious movements you can tell because they're using about 20 different types of font on mm. like the literature <laughs> that they use. It's an easy tell, I mm. think. But these guys actually have like things kind of sorted out. Like yeah. it's well designed as much as you can be. But Yeah, yeah. no, they're, they're brilliant. Mm. And they, like the JCs, they're not idle. They all pretty much work six days a week on distributing literature or creating videos. Mm. If you want to check it out, you go to the <laughs> A Voice in the Desert YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, but they, there are a lot of people that have left. And when you were doing yeah. your research, there's a lot of people that are quite uh, critical, right, and aren't happy and do feel like that they yeah. were taken advantage of and things yeah. like that, right? So there's a lot of angry ex-members that have yeah. come out and um, to expose the JCs. Not really sure exposing of what, but yeah, I think... So what's the critiques that they use, aside from, okay, leaving um, the community? What else? So, um, they, I mean, each of them got of individual stories. A central theme is around Dave McKay being, um, manipulative or, um, a tyrant. Um, there's a lot of that being talked, like... He's a big personality. Yeah, right? he is yeah. a big person. I don't think Dave's a, a manipulative tyrant, but that's like yeah. what they say. Um, and there's all these stories where they were kicked out of the community and they were left on the street and they didn't have anywhere to go. And, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty terrible. So I don't know. It's, it's hard with ex-member stories because um, on the one hand, like these people may be expressing a very legitimate thing that occurred, but then there is a common theme um, that ex-members are very, very vocal. Like, I'm mean, sorry, angry ex-members are really vocal. But the people that just leave the community and are just like, oh, that was fun, like, I'm going to move on now. You never find them. They never yeah. say anything. They just move on with their lives. So, so they have a biased kind of report yeah. on, on it. Yeah, so you've got, like, a really loud minority voice. Okay. And so, um, and those ex-member stories were like, yeah, they were terrible people. Um, they're the stories that get taken up by anti-cultists. So anti-cult movement is basically the people trying to regulate or monitor yeah. cults and so they take those up as testimonies so look this group is bad because this person said it was and mm. you know well no one's going to write a best-selling book about the, the best experience they have with these <laughs> questions are they they're going to write yeah. something really negative and yeah. be very like inflammatory like yeah. all the ex like people that leave Scientology do the same and I think that there's yeah. a lot of like you know, when people, even Louis Thoreau's documentary on Going Clear, like, they can't, can't even find people that would often go on the record and say anything positive, probably mm. because they're worried that it'll get used against them. And it's probably similar. Like, mm. do, are the Jesus Christians very, like, um, pro-media? Like, will they do lots of interviews and things like that? Or they're probably a bit scarred from the mm. um, experience with, was it with Fox News? That was yeah. Horrible. Yeah. They used to be very, like... They used to do a lot of media stuff, yeah. love the media, because it was their way of getting their message yeah. out. Now they don't want any of that because yeah. it's just, it's too severe. Like it's too, it's too dangerous for the members because yeah. people get very angry and it, it is, it's religious persecution. Like I think because they're a small group and they get used, uh, called a cult that we kind of forget that they are just, they're a religion 
and if that kind of treatment was given to a mainstream religion mm-hmm. like a, Chris, a mainstream Christian or um, Islam, like we go, that's terrible. You can't do that. You can't, mm. you know, drag them through the media saying that they're evil. Yeah. Like that's so. But for some reason, if they're a new religious movement, they're small. Their their beliefs are a little bit different, and people aren't used to them. It's it's all of that mm. religious freedom that's out the window because they're dangerous. Well, it also or, probably feels it, a bit extreme too, and it's the same with anybody that has particularly strong beliefs people feel like their beliefs are sort of under attack as well because mm. i mean if you're saying oh i'm a true christian or this is the only true christianity other christians are going oh, hang on i don't need to be christian to go i don't need to be like poor on the street so like mm. i think people probably feel a bit like um attacked maybe as well as, yeah um might be some of the animosity but it it's, is a, and it is a personal attack on society as it is today yeah. mm. like their very existence is on the basis of as you say, they call other Christians, you know, um, church. What do they call Churchianity. it? Churchianity. Churchianity, yeah. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, and we're all, like, in the machine, right? We're yeah, making we're money. All in the <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's a critique on society mm. in general, and mm. I think that that's probably why there is the dangerous component of it. But they're such a small uh, minority. Really, they, they cause no threat at all mm. to society. But also that sells, doesn't it? That it's, it's sexy for the newspapers and yeah. the magazines yeah. to write about yeah. The evil cult. And because yeah. Australia, like, I mean, we don't have a lot of... I mean, not that they're... I mean, they are mostly based in Australia or all the way around the world? Um, I think uh, they're all around the world, but they kind of started in Australia. Yeah. So maybe it's nice because it's mm. sort of, like, homegrown. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Yeah. And mm. there's another element, and this is a tricky one because I don't want to, like, devalue anyone's experience, but in the academic literature there's something called the captivity narrative, and this is where an ex-member leaves a group and they think they're terrible, but then there's this need to justify why they were in such a terrible group. Mm. And so in order to um, go through a process where they're able to reinitiate themselves into modern society or mainstream society is that they have to disconnect themselves from that group. And so they create a kind of narrative where, you know, I was manipulated and, you know, I had to do these things and I didn't choose to do them. And, you know, it was all... Um, oh, because it's putting the blame in the group, not yeah, themselves. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I made a j- bad judgment call. It yeah, was my bad. It was Sorry. like, it's I was like, brainwashed. Yeah. Um, they kept me. They didn't let me leave. Da-da-da. Hmm. And Which, like, I mean, for some people, it might have been true. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So that's the tricky thing is uh, yeah. abuse does happen, like, in any religion. But there is also this theme where there is a captivity, there is a narrative that um, yeah. that may not be true. Well, imagine explaining that to you. You've been gone for 10 years or you yeah. go back to your family and, like, what the hell happened? You're yeah. not going to say, like, well, hey, like, I made a wrong call. You're going to say mm-hmm. I was manipulated. I yeah. went without my will. They, you know, they told me this was going to happen. And they probably twist the version of events to better support mm-hmm. what happened. In some cases, probably, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah. I'd be embarrassed, <laughs> like, if I'd been, like, gone <laughs> into a group for that mm-hmm. long and then came back. Because they probably joined expecting they're never going to leave, right? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... It is interesting. It is like an initiation. This it's like a, a ritual in a way mm. of reinitiation, so that you know I'm no longer that identity. I'm now this identity, and it's a transformation. And it, and it, I mean, it does help them be, to um, rejoin society because it is hard yeah. for people to go in these like really niche 
small groups that have a totally different way of living hmm. and then come back out into the world. It's a yeah. really mm-hmm. tough transition. Well, especially with all your family and stuff that you leave behind. I mean, and mm-hmm. for the families, like, that that must be pretty horrible. Like, I can see both sides. I can see one that they, that as an individual, they chose to do that. But, I mean, it, it is very extreme to cut pretty much, you know, not that they have to, but there's a kind of expectation they cut ties, right, with their friends, their family, and to an extent. Well, it's... It, um the family and friends, they become, they're not as prioritised. The priority is living out the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. So they still see their family and friends. Like, they go, they'll go to their parents' house for Christmas and do stuff like that. And they'll have regular visits. But so, is it, if they're sort of, this, if a family member's saying, saying don't join or whatever, do they have to kind of blacklist them, that kind of thing? Or, you know, like, there's certain people that are dissenting or... No, they just, um, they try and sort it out. So they'll, sometimes, if they do have a really... Um, aggressive family member, um, the, the the person related to that family member may decide I don't want to talk to them. Like, you know, right? Yeah, fair enough. Because they're just coming. Like, so yeah. they try. They try and have a negotiation process. But if mm-hmm. that aggression continues, like, you, there's only so much you can do. It's like, well, I can't keep on sending emails after emails trying to explain, mm. yeah, yeah, you know, why enough. this is okay and why this is what I want. Like, it's just. Mm. Um, so I guess it just. Each, each individual decides how they want to deal with their family member who's yeah. angry. Where do you see Jesus Christians going to, to the future? Because like you said there's about a, probably about 100 members. And um, is it Dave and Cherry? Yeah. Dave and Cherry, they're getting quite old now. Yeah. Right? What, where do you see the kind of Jesus Christians going in the future? Um, I think so they've already gone through or they're going through this process of uh, routinization so um so routinize routinization okay it's like where so you've got a group that's formed on charisma right and you could say that the jc's were a charismatic group because they were formed around these ideals yeah it was an informal leadership structure and so um what happens when the kind of the people that were at the centre of that charisma and started it and set everything up, when they get to a point where they can't lead anymore, either the community falls apart or they start to routinize. They create positions, they create, okay, instead of this being an informal thing, um, we're going to create a thing called a leader and we're going to mm-hmm. elect that person in these ways mm-hmm. and we're going to create a, um, a constitution of like, okay, so we're going to have a hub and a, or a, we're going to have an inner circle that's going to deal with these issues and then you're going to have this position. So become more organised and yeah. institutionalised almost. Yeah, pretty much. And I think Sounds that's... like a church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. That would be really interesting to see how they deal with... And you feel like they're doing, moving towards that direction at the moment? Trying to organise some structures yeah, and things like that? Yeah, that's what they're doing. That's interesting. Um, hmm. But it's really hard to tell because it's getting harder and harder to live without... Um, to live only on cash yeah and once we hit cashless society i don't know what they're going to do i think they'll have to find some adaption but they're very adaptive so i think they could end up doing anything really they'll very... always be cash you reckon they'll always be cash oh, okay well i yeah. guess i'll just continue as they are yeah as as <laughs> someone as part of like ethnic australia like you know as immigrant culture they, they will always be cash always. <laughs> right. Absolutely. The, the marketplaces will not exist on just, you know, FBOS being everywhere. Mm. Yeah. I, I personally, as my, a business person, I don't like 
cash. Yeah, I don't and like I that hate either. that. I hate that thing where someone goes, oh, yeah, I give you cash, you know, you give me a discount. No, that's a terrible idea because I need my staff to go downstairs and bank it and then <laughs> just give me FPOS and then, like, I'm I've never heard of someone asking for a discount by paying always. cash. Really? Yeah, always. Really? I would never ever ask Yeah, yeah always. And then, like, yeah, there'll be people from, like, my thing, the Greeks, will come yeah. to knowing that I'm Greek. And we'll start this thing and then say, you know, I'll give you cash. And we'll give the discount. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Happens all the time. That's so funny. I've n- never think to ask for a discount. Maybe yeah. on, um, like, Gumtree. I think that's a fair t- way yeah, to yeah, do that's, it. Yeah, yeah, that's you a know, buy system. a car. Yeah. Go, I'll pay you 2000 yeah, cash yeah. instead of, no, that's, uh, you know. But no, no give me after pays it money, PayPal, yeah. <laughs> credit card, I don't care, yeah. whatever. But cash is annoying. Yeah, and then he like yeah. you have to like put it in your hand and then put it in their hand and sometimes you might touch it. Oh. <laughs> always <laughs> happens at the counter and you're like, I'll get the bag and then here you go and then their just hand is limp. Like, there's some money just on the hand. They look at it like, what am I going to do with these two twenty cent pieces? I hate when they drop it on the counter though and then you have to like try oh. and like pick it up. Like so you have your hand out Someone and then they just drop that. it right next to you. I have and you're a couple like... of kids that do that. You know, one Yu Gi Oh pack, please. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then you hear them like rustling through the wallet and then like big slam of like all these coins on the counter and then that scrape across oh, and you're like. Ugh. So you pick it up and you got to like count it separately and put it in the toilet. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. Oh, anyway, Cash should we... Is terrible. Should we kind of wrap up? I don't know. Whatever. I'm getting hungry. We can stay here. <laughs> I don't mind. I want to eat. Oh, you want some vegan thing. Okay. Um, so you... <laughs> and you're what? vegetarian. Yeah, I've become vegetarian yeah. recently. Mm. How's that? It's pretty easy. It's not that hard. You were never, able, you were never that keen on me anyway. You were yeah. more just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. It was around you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would see me going and getting a HSC with Ben. <laughs> the snack pack. Pile it on there. That's when real jam. Yeah, your fuck. Your fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he was like, oh, what ethnicity are you? Oh, you're Australian? No, no, you're kind of this chili. Yeah, he, he didn't want to give <laughs> this me This chili will remind me. You'll, you'll be reminded of me tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a legend. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right, um, so, yeah, should we close up? Sure. Uh, what's our closing tune? Uh, so we've got a song here um, called They Call Us Cult Plus. <laughs> and this is a great song. It's a rap. Um, but it's basically all about the the history of the JCs being called a cult and, like, all of the um, the violence that they've kind of experienced yeah. in and relation we'll to that. Put... But it's a fun song. Awesome. And we'll put Jerry's um, socials, whatever she wants, yeah, emails. Yeah, how do you want to be contacted? No, you're on. What are you on? You're only on Facebook, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Mm. Do you have an academia page? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, or, cool. We'll put you on Facebook, and you right. can always contact Jerry through the Warp Zone. Yeah, page. I'll give you my email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. just tweet us or leave us reviews. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, to contact Jerry, you have to leave a five-star review <laughs> yeah. on, on Apple Yeah, it's the only way you'll ever learn yeah, anything yeah. else. And then just put the message in there, and then we'll send it on to her. Yeah. Oh, and also, thanks for listening. Jerry's an avid listener. We really appreciate yeah. it. Support. Yeah, I, I love this podcast. Oh, oh thanks, Jerry. Yeah. This specific episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's my favourite one. <laughs> <laughs> All the others are shit. <laughs> All right. It's been a step up. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Enjoy. Never cult leaders try to isolate you socially or to get you to surrender your independence and live communally.
They are probably a dangerous sect that you should absolutely run from, no matter how tranquil and loving they may appear to be on the outside. This is a dangerous group, the groups that we're dealing with now. Now, now, now. They call us a cop-plus, brainwash zombies to insult us. Every day we enrage on these talkers, because you obey the way Jesus taught us. They call us Searching the Bible to find God, want to be a disciple. Comparing Paul to the situations in school, soon realized I was living by the wrong rules. And then one day, I came across a book, I started reading it, and the truth I was receiving it. I told my family as I really was believing, but all that they could tell me was these people have a demon. I saw it in the type of thinking that exists With people in the system and the way they get pissed When you try to work for God They'd rather have you listen to an iPod What a waste of time They got a goal and that goal is getting money You go against that and they gon' look at you funny Like my parents told me Boy, don't you be no dummy We ain't raised you up to be slimy and slummy Like, huh, I'm like, huh, I'm here to follow truth I ain't here to sing the blues I'm here to preach the good news Proclaiming Jesus from October through September So much gospel on my mind, it seems a soul I can remember They call us a cult-plus Brainwashed zombies to insult us Every day we enrage on these talkers Because we obey the way Jesus taught us They call us a cult-plus Brainwashed zombies to insult us Every day we enrage on these talkers Because we obey the way Jesus taught us so you're looking for the word Trying to find some meaning in a world that's full of hurts You're immersed in your mission as you search Then you find a website, hear the truth And start liking what you heard You wanna travel with us Cause you wanna pick up first To reverse your lifestyle before you're in a hearse Out of concern, you try to explain the situation to your folks And the next thing you know, your parents go berserk So they call a cold blaster Like Rick Ross who says you cannot trust us And we must be stopped They say we washed your brain Put our faces on the front page of the papers And start to call us names Kidnappers, brainwashers, evil, insane Heretics, manipulators and deranged But hey, it's okay, we really can't complain What's the label that's a cop, who's gonna listen anyway? They call us a cult-plus Brainwashed zombies to insult us Every day we enrage on these talkers Because we obey the way Jesus taught us They call us a cult-plus Brainwashed zombies to insult us Every day we enrage on these talkers Because we obey the way Jesus Yeah, so I, I got the book Survivors, and uh, the thing that was very attractive to me was the fact that Jesus was saying that people didn't have to work for money, you could just live by faith in God, and he would feed you and clothe you, and you wouldn't have to worry about all these other things, and it, it just really blew my mind, it kind of blew me away. So I decided that I was going to join up with other Christians that were doing this, uh, Jesus Christians. And it was crazy the way that all my friends and my family, they just reacted in fear. And it was it was just ludicrous, so I couldn't understand it. But I see now that um, it's kind of the way, the way the devil wants people to react, you know, react in fear. Whereas God, God wants us to react in faith because God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a strong mind, um, like in 2 Timothy 1. 
And uh, basically, what I found is that we have to move out in faith and reject fear because fear, the only thing that we have to fear is fear. 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 They call us a co-plus, brainwashed zombies to insult us. Every day we enrage on these talkers, cause we obey the way Jesus taught us. They call us a co-plus, brainwashed zombies to insult us. Every day we enrage on these talkers, cause we obey the way Jesus taught us.